after crisscrossing the country more times than I've been to the local grocery store this year, Patrick Sells is in to talk about everything that's going on with True Digital Group and how he has made believers out of bankers. It's all here on Bankadelic. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate, actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. If you're looking to grow your digital banking business, check out Lemonade LXP, the digital growth platform for financial institutions and fintechs. Lemonade LXP has both ingredients you need to drive digital growth, a learning experience platform that uses daily micro-learning to give staff the knowledge and confidence they need to promote and support your digital capabilities, and a digital adoption platform that supports your digital capabilities with technology walkthroughs that you can author in just minutes. So if you're rolling out new technology, merging with or acquiring another FI, or just looking to drive digital banking growth, you gotta drink the lemonade. For more information, check out Lemonade LXP at www.lemonadelxp.com. Thank you once again for tuning in to Bankadelic, part of the NMD Plus family of podcasts based in London, England and Chicago, where in the Windy City, we're coming to you from the Bankadelic Bunker. And today on the podcast, a guy that I just love having on, we go way back at this point to the very beginning of Bankadelic. And as long as I'm the host, he's going to keep coming back. That is, if he'll have me. And that is Patrick Sells. Who is Patrick Sells, you may ask? Well, I'm going to tell you. Patrick is an entrepreneur and thought leader, and this was something we celebrated on the show. He was recognized as the 2020 Digital Banker of the Year by American Banker. He's also the co-founder of True Digital Group, which is what we'll be talking about today. Formerly the Chief Innovation Officer at NYDIG and Quantic Bank, Sells brings extensive expertise in vendor management, fintech partnerships, digital transformation, banking innovation, and risk management to his position in the industry. Patrick, welcome back to Bankadelic. Thank you, Lou. It's always fun to get a catch up and to be a part of this podcast. And I loved getting to see you wearing the true digital love hat. That was the first thing I was going to ask you about the true digital love hat. Now, those of you in the podcast audience who cannot see, which would be everybody, <laughs> I have this hat on with a heart on it that Patrick gave me some time ago, and he's got the hat with the heart on it. Let's explain the hat. So I've worn it every day since we started True Digital, and we've given away just under 5,000 hats. But the story behind it, I had been living in San Diego when COVID first happened and was about to go on a conference for ICBA. And I had seen this hat on the floor and I wasn't really a hat person ever before. And I had it on my sports code and you know what, I'm going to do something different. And I put the hat on and during the talk, I'd probably gotten 40 or 50 LinkedIn messages from bankers across the country talking about how nice it was to see something different and refreshing. And 
but sure enough, I got off the call and Steve Schnall, who was the CEO at Quantic Bank, which is where I was at the time, you know, called me and what are you doing? Why are you wearing that hat at a bank conference? And <laughs> as kind of a fun prank, I ordered one for all the Quantic employees, but didn't tell Steve. And so then we all got on a Zoom call and everyone had the hat on and it kind of became part of the Quantic thing. And then, you know, last summer, Steve was tragically killed in an accident and I had started wearing the hat again in many ways is just the remembrance of him and my time at the bank and how I had fallen in love with the industry and kind of in parallel started having conversations about what became true digital. I was talking to the CFO of a bank and he goes, why are you wearing that hat? And I go, well, I love banks. He goes, I've never heard that before. That's kind of cool. Could I have one of those? And just like that, it became a thing. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that people outside the industry don't realize is that we have, and I'd include myself in this, a lot of characters, right? I went on stage at Money 2020 in Vegas in October. I was invited to give a presentation. And the first thing I did was take my shoes off on stage. <laughs> That's awesome. I hope I didn't gross anyone out in the front row. But my point was that you really have to, and I mean this in a positive way, let your freak flag fly and be who you are. And I think at the end of the day, people respect you. And at the very least, they will remember you. And I think that's one of the reasons I feel that bond, that kinship with you, because you're a person who's never been afraid to be yourself in this industry. I mean, if it wasn't working, I don't think you would have been Digital Banker of the Year. And as a side note, I'm glad you mentioned Steve. I miss Steve. And the one thing he taught me, speaking of hats, was try it on. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah exactly. That's where the core value came from. So with True Digital, it's been not a ton of time, but a little while since we had you on the show. Bring us up to date with what's going on. You have been working almost nonstop to get the company to where it is now. Let's hear about where it is now and what you're doing and what's exciting. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that. It was almost exactly a year ago, we had the first conversation and that was the first podcast or anything we had done for True Digital. And at the time, you know, I think had a view, and you may remember these words about areas to focus on was capital capabilities and culture. I think that has stood out to me, you know, from being both at a bank and then at a fintech and knowing there were needs there, but I don't know that I knew exactly what that meant or what order it was, other than that's kind of the direction we wanted to go. And as the year played out and actually, you know, important, I had called Ron Shevlin, who was a friend and hadn't launched the company yet, but was explaining to him those three C's. And Ron made a comment to me. He goes, I think there's a fourth C collaboration. Yeah. And as the year kind of played out, Ron's insight was so true. So much of what we've done as a company has been trying to foster collaboration. It's really about how we can be an agent to help banks help each other. Then, you know, what True Digital can do as a vendor, if you will. And of those three C's, really the focus that ended up being on capabilities. And so what we built was almost like an industry utility for vendors to make it easier for banks to either find vendors or to troubleshoot vendors. Well, there'd been a few other things, you know, kind of similar or attempted in the market, a bit different in how we went about it and saying, let's not try to monetize both sides. So we don't get paid by vendors, only get paid by banks and let's have a 
high fidelity database. And so instead of us going out and getting data ourselves or having vendors send it, let's just get it from banks themselves. And so very much a kind of get to get type consortium model or like Airbnb as a network where banks say, hey, these are the vendors and products I use. And I'm relying on the fact that other banks will also say, these are the products and vendors that I use. Yeah. And the track record to me that you have going back before True Digital really suggests that in tandem with collaboration, there's trust. I mean, if people don't know by now, don't take my word for it, listeners, that Patrick Saul is, is a guy who keeps his promises and can be trusted, then now's the time to emphasize that because trust is one of those commodities in financial services that can be rare. It's one thing to be a vendor. It's one thing to provide a service. It's another to be a trusted partner. Yeah, you're hitting on really the key of it is the trust. Even when we were talking with some of the regulators about what we had done, there was shock that banks had actually been willing <laughs> to share this type of information. Because not only did they have to trust us, you're trusting each other. And your one's biggest obstacle to overcome was, could we get enough people to trust us that others would do this and that we would behave in a certain way? Not all that different than, again, Airbnb or Uber, where it's like, okay, I'm going to trust you. You're a stranger and I'm going to get in the car. But then once you have that trust, you really have the network effect. And that's kind of what we started to experience late last year and already this year of banks now introducing us to others. But very much trust was the key to it. And I went and visited in person with just over 200 banks last year. On the bus, right? Bus, train, car, plane, you name it. Took about every mode of transportation. Wow. You go see a bank. And from all sizes, I think our smallest is 60 million and the largest is 88 billion. So really good range. Wow, that is fabulous. The vendor landscape right now is absolutely exploding with different possibilities, different trails of data that maybe haven't been collated and leveraged. You've got some interesting stats and views on all of that, and I wonder if you could share them. Yeah, we haven't really shared a lot of the learnings, if you will, yet, but we know as bankers that there's kind of like a regulatory magnitude of difficulty when you cross that 10 billion mark or 100 billion mark. But what we've seen from a product level or vendor level is something very similar, though different. So for example, a typical you know half a billion in asset bank will have 424 unique products in use across a set of vendors. And just pausing there, that's a lot of products. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. more products than you have employees. and who owns all of them and who's managing them and you see okay no wonder it's so hard to add something else because it's going to have to interact with a good number of existing products but then once you get to about the two billion mark you see almost the number of products double we really even see this at a billion it goes to about a thousand and forty eight and then it doubles again at about five billion to two thousand and then again at 10 billion to 4,000. So it's kind of different than the regulatory challenges of getting to 10 to 100. You actually see that the real vendor, you know, Rubicon to cross is going from half a billion to 5 billion. Then it really begins to taper off. Mm-hmm. But I think that's really important for mm-hmm. the industry to understand is if I am trying to get up in size, how I think about vendors and the importance of it and the inherent complexity of it to have the tools you need to be in the business of banking. Yeah. And 
just the number 424, right? It makes me think that a dozen is a lot. Two dozen is a lot. A hundred. You could be at the 400 mark and say, hmm, do I have 420 or 424? And oh, those four products, they just kind of escaped my notice. I wonder what's going on with them. It sounds like it's just really an incredible job. Now, where True Digital is concerned, how are you inserting yourself into the whole process with banks to make things easier for them? Even on that, I think most banks are shocked when they find out the number of products or vendors they have. It's like, I didn't know my blood pressure was that high. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we tend to think of, you know, cores and critical vendors, and maybe there's 20 or 30 categories. We don't oftentimes think, you know what, it's critical, not from a regulatory sense, but from a business standpoint, like I do need a flood zone determination vendor. And that's not the type of vendor I probably th think about all that often, you know, for most bankers. And so just using that as an example, again, about just the sheer number of tools that are needed, where we really help is focused in two ways. One, just navigating. So because we know all of these vendors and products, we built a taxonomy of around 300 categories and subcategories. Mm -hmm. So now instead of going to Google, I can actually go navigate in ways that are native to me as a banker. We also map those to business goals. So maybe I'm not sure that I need online account opening, but I know I'm trying to grow my deposits or increase my NIM. And now I can look by business objectives to find vendors or products that could help me. And then being able to understand, and this came in many ways from the challenges Steve and I faced at Quantic. We spent countless months and hours talking to vendors for digital online banking only to find out they typically work with banks far larger than us, or they had an integration with FIS, but not our specific core. And so, you know, tools like Gartner are great, but they lack the kind of banker native data inputs that yes. I need. Mm -hmm. And so you can see the average size of the banks that use them. Who are they? What cores are they on? What online banking is it? And so I was talking with the banker the other day and shared you know, hey, look, had we used this tool, it would have at least saved five weeks because we had to go do this research to figure out who we wanted to talk to. Yeah. The discovery piece is evident and obvious, and there's probably a lot more time being spent. We think about efficiency ratios and how do we improve those that can be brought back even if it doesn't have a hard cost to it. The bigger value, though, is in the troubleshooting. So an example, again, from Quantic, we were trying to go live with this vendor and we're two months delayed. The OCC is asking us about it. The board's upset with us and neither our core knew how to fix the issue nor the vendor. Uh -huh. And I still remember someone in bank ops coming to me and saying, if you could just find another banker on the same core with this vendor, I know they'll know how to fix the problem. About 40 LinkedIn messages later, I did. It was a 30 minute call and the next week we went live. And so, you know, you think you have 424 products or a thousand or 2000, things are going to be updating, breaking all the time. And for most bankers, they don't have that wide of a network to say, do you know how to solve this problem or have you ran into this before? So I think that's where we can add the most value is where we see and hear from the banks on the tool, just the tremendous time saved. You know, it's just another data point there. We've been doing surveys with our banks and it doesn't matter the size of the bank, the function or the seniority. 
almost everyone spends about 15% of their week in some way dealing with the vendor. Mm -hmm. Internal meeting, researching, talking to, <laughs> problem solving, and some, you know, 25, 30%. It's not just IT. And so there's a ton of time because of the number of vendors and products. And instead of trying to solve those problems alone, I can now tap into almost like the neural network. And that's part of the switchboard piece of the industry. That is elegant and it is really intuitive. It's one of those things that when you describe it, my first reaction is, man, why didn't I think of that, right? You may even be someone in the C-suite that is tasked with that sort of thing. It's taking away time from higher level things you could be doing, but you get back that time, you gain efficiencies, you're probably saving money, and now you can start thinking about things that will propel the business forward. We met a bank and they were trying to go live on Q2 for business banking and they were meaningfully delayed. They had two issues they hadn't been able to solve yet. And it just so happened that the next week I was with the bank who was using Q2 and I brought them up and they said, oh yeah, actually we've been connected, but we use a different wire platform. And so we couldn't solve the problem. Well, we were able to go into the database and say, okay, here's a bank on the same Q2, same core that uses that wire platform, problem solved. But that takes a level of understanding that just doesn't exist today. Speaking of AI, one of the things we've done over the last 60 days is we've trained a private AI on the database. It's actually a really, really good use case. Instead of navigate a complex multidimensional data set, instead of doing kind of one-off point queries, I can use an AI to help me say, okay, I'm having this problem and we know the wire platform you use and we know the payment platform you use. And now we can go out and find the exact right bank even quicker to be able to connect you to. Yeah. What sticks out in my mind is that when someone is bringing this new idea to the market, this revolutionary thing that you're doing, people may not know that it exists, not just in true digital's circle, but anywhere. And I'm wondering, someone, they sit down with you and they say, Patrick, this sounds fantastic. I'm really not sure where to start with this. I don't know how I get plugged into this network. What is it exactly you're going to do anyway? I mean, how do you communicate that? How do you get them started and get them to a base level where they understand this is what we're going to do? Two lessons learned. One, talking about it and the absence of seeing it almost always resulted in nothing. <laughs> Yeah. When you could see it, even for five minutes, it made a huge difference. And of the banks that we had a conversation with last year, 40% ended up signing up. That's a really high conversion rate for this industry in six months of effectively being live. So seeing it makes a big difference. And I think, you know, there's some hesitation. Well, maybe I don't know if my data is clean or messy or not. You don't have to worry about that. We'll just clean it for you. So we almost act as like the kidney of the industry, if you will, or the, the, the source of truth to for your vendor and product data. And we still experience this some is, well, hey, this seems really cool, but you know, I'm not sure if you have enough banks signed up yet to really be helpful to me. Okay, but if you joined, <laughs> then don't you think that would help us get more banks because they're gonna have the same logic to it? And so we don't run into all that often, but just that understanding of, well, yeah, that's my only hesitation because it's cheap. You know, it's less than $20,000 a year, if not a couple thousand unlimited seats. But it's that, hey, every time I sign up and join, it makes it easier to get the next 100 and vice versa. 
But the way to get started, definitely see it. Talk to a bank who's on it. You can actually go if you have a bank email address to the site and get access. You don't get to see all of the information, but enough of it to where you can get a feel for what it is the tool does and how it works. We wanted to make that really easy as a way of spreading it even faster. Wow. And that is a piece of wisdom I think we can take with us, Bankadelic listeners, that it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to see it. True digital is the kidney. Patrick Sells, though, is the heart. Patrick, thank you so much for being on the podcast. <laughs> thank you, Lou. It's great to be on doing this again a year later. And I really appreciate all you've done to help us and the industry. And we'll be there for you. Patrick Sells, entrepreneur, thought leader, the mastermind, and the founder behind True Digital Group. You can be sure to look for Patrick and ask him about True Digital and what they're offering by contacting him on LinkedIn. You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery. Bankadelic, sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. With more than 1.2 million page views annually, Talking Biz News is the go-to source for happenings in business journalism. Whether you're a PR professional, a business journalist, or someone just breaking into the field, TBN is a source that you cannot do without. Whether you're following the Washington Post, New York Times, local media outlets, or some feisty news startup, Talking Biz News has you covered. Job openings are also listed and updated every day on the TBN website. Be sure to sign up for your free subscription to the TBN newsletter at Talking Biz News. That's Talking B-I-Z News.com. Oh, boy. Patrick Sells and True Digital Group. I suppose he thinks he's an entrepreneur. As if he's the only one who has a pretty good idea. I mean, I've got a brilliant idea. But if I had an innovation company, what would I call it? At the first financial group, we take your finances and run with them. And now time for a little quiz. We love to serve our customers. False. We 
admission driven. False. We want to make a difference in the financial services industry. False. We believe in digital innovation. Ha! We believe in perfection, not progress. True. In a world full of false faces, why settle for the false deal? At False Financial Group, we're false through and through, and that's true. True. Three bullseyes. Number one. The key of it is the trust. Even when we were talking with some of the regulators about what we had done, there was shock that banks had actually been willing <laughs> to share this type of information. Because not only did they have to trust us, you're trusting each other. Number two. We spent countless months and hours talking to vendors for digital online banking, only to find out they typically work with banks far larger than us or they had an integration with FIS, but not our specific core. Number three. A typical you know, half a billion in asset bank will have 424 unique products in use across a set of vendors. And just pausing there, that's a lot of products. That's more products than you have employees. Who owns all of them and who's managing them and you say, okay, no wonder it's so hard to add something else. And now, lose views. I have to say that when I hear about True Digital's model and what they are doing to reconcile data and help people find solutions to problems, I'm fairly impressed. But I think about what is the source of that type of creativity? And I think it has a lot to do with following your own path, seeing things and daring to say, why not? Patrick is really in this industry, a true creative and an individual. It's one thing to talk to someone about innovation, and it's another thing to talk to someone about innovation that has a big baseball cap on his head with a heart on it. And that's Patrick. He's willing to go get a bus and drive across the country 37 times to spread the message of True Digital and what it's trying to do. And when he talks about that 40% conversion rate among banks that see what the product can do, believe it. Collaboration is a possibility all across the industry with many different types of businesses, but really the person standing behind it is going to provide a litmus test. We just don't know. In financial services, things are very unpredictable. People go in and out of business all the time. Unfortunately, some people prove not worthy of keeping their promises. So here's to Patrick and True Digital. He has a track record of keeping his promises of earning trust, and now, in 2024, bringing something to the industry that's gonna save a lot of time, get rid of a lot of headaches, and make a difference in the bottom lines of financial institutions. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Ken Montone. Our business consigliere, the one and only Rob Gaynor. Dude, I totally got into the show. Thanks as always to the William Mills Agency for their generous support. Thanks also to Banker Hire, Lemonade LXP, and Talking Biz News, a division of Vested LLC. 
I'm Lou Carloso. You can catch me on LinkedIn and someday on my Vaudeville YouTube channel. Rink-a-dink-dink-in. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.